Revelations chapter 2, I'm going to be reading the first seven verses in Revelations. I'll be starting a series of messages this morning concerning the seven churches in Revelation. These messages that we'll be preaching to you is not easy messages to preach. We understand that at first. From a pastor's viewpoint, it's, it's not easy, but it's truth. They're, they're, uh, it's the Word of God, and so we need to listen to and heed to the Word of God today. I really feel like in my spirit and praying and, and looking all across our nation today that we're living in this, in this first church that we're talking about right now. We're, we're living in that day and hour. And we've got to be brought back to where, uh, where we need to be. We, we, we've got to be brought back to, to regaining our focus where the church needs to be. I, and, I'm not, and I'm not necessarily talking to the outside uh, congregation, the outside crowd today. I want, I want to talk to the church today. And you say, well, Pastor, you're talking to Pathway. You're, just, you're, you're beating us up. I'm not trying to beat you up this morning, but I, I do want to cause us to, to, to look at some things this morning. I'm talking about the church in general talking about the church as a whole. I've read several things over this past week, and it may be just because of the Lord knew that I was going to be getting this message of of things that happening in the church that you you scratch your head sometimes. You wonder, Lord, why is this taking place inside the church? Is not the church supposed to be that peculiar people? Is not the church supposed to be those, those folks that are set apart? Is not that the, the church is supposed to be that you can look at them and you can see a difference in them than you can the world? That's the way I was brought up anyway. That's what I always thought. I'm not talking about you've got to be strange or, or weird or, or anything. That's not what I'm talking about. But there's something that needs to happen on the inside of us that that somebody that is not born again, that's not saved, that can look at you and say, hey, I want what you've got. I want the spirit that you have. I want the relationship that you have with the Lord. I want you to look with me in in Revelations chapter (laughs) 2. The church here is on trial. And uh, as sort of a subtopic today, I want to talk about love as well. What's love got to do with it, in other words? When you look at here in Revelation chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says this, To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden camp lampstands. I know your works. I know your labor. I know your patience. And that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say that they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. You have not persevered and have patience. You have labored for my name, and you have persevered and have patience, and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, everybody say that with me. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do your first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place until you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. I want to read that scripture again to you, but I want to look at the Message Bible and look at that translation. It sort of, sort of puts it where we are today and sort of, sort of makes it a little plain. Write this to Ephesus, 
to the angel of the church, the one with seven stars in his right fist grip, striding through the golden seven light circle, speaks. And he says this, I see what you've done. I see your hard, hard work and your refusal to quit. I know that you can't stand evil, that you weed out apostolic pretenders. I know your persistence, your courage in my cause, that you never wear out. But you've walked away from your first love. Why? What's going on with you? Do you have any idea how far you've fallen a Lucifer fall? Turn back. Recover your dear early love. No time to waste, for I am well on my way to removing your light from the golden circle. And you do have this to your credit, though. You hate the Nicolaitans business, and I hate it too. Are your ears awake? Listen. Listen to the winds, words, the spirit blowing through the churches. I'm about to call each conqueror to dinner. I'm spreading a banquet of of tree of life fruit, a, a supper plucked from God's orchard. Don't you think about those scriptures just a second this morning, and we're going to start this morning by just letting you know this, this overall thought, what I'm going to be preaching to you this morning, what I'm going to be talking to you about this morning is that the church is on trial. The Lord has put the church on trial today. But as we said, sort of a sub-thought or a sub-topic, I guess, is what has love got to do with it? We want to talk about love in the, and, and what the God is speaking about today. Over, over the next few weeks, we're going to be dealing with these, with these churches in Revelations. God convened a hearing, so to speak, and called the church on trial. And so we're going to be dealing with the letters that were written to the seven churches of Asia Minor. And in these letters, the Spirit gives a complete picture of the moral and the spiritual history of the church along with other truths today. Let me stop here long enough to tell you today that we live in, in 2015, in America, the church today is under moral scrutiny today. The church today in America is, is, is under, a, under a spiritual decline, if you will, in America. So, Pastor, that, that's not where it is where I am, and that's not where it is in my spirit. It may not be, and thank God for that. And you keep holding on, and you keep doing what you know to do right. But there's many, many churches today that is under, that, that is, that is people is sitting in their congregations today, and, and yet they feel not the Spirit of God anymore. They, they've walked away from their first love. They, they're doing a lot of good things. They're doing a lot of good stuff, but the Lord says, I have this one thing against you, even though I know this about you, and I know about your hard working, and I know this, that you've done this, and that you hate this, the things that I hate, you have left your first love. And I pray to God, Pathway, that never becomes our, our case today. Let us not lose our first love. If we have to throw everything else away, let us hold on to the banner of Jesus Christ today. Let us hold on to the banner of the love of Jesus Christ, the love that he shed on Calvary for you and I today. Let's, let's hold on to that banner today, amen. Every letter that we're going to talk about They'll be teaching and, and it'll be come from four elements. Talks a little bit about the manner in which Christ shows himself to us. And we're going to see that this morning. We're, he'll talk about the, the condemnation many times that he gives. He'll talk about the reward that he promises. And we know all about those rewards. And he'll talk about the exhortation that, that, that he wants to, for us to hear. The, that encouraging words that he wants us to hear and understand. 
And you look back in, in, in Revelation, John begins by addressing this message to the angel, probably referring to maybe the pastor or the elder of the church of Ephesus. These are the things said by he who, who holds the seven lampstands, he said, or the seven churches in his hand. And let me say here that, that Christ is, is seen here in his proper place. He's seen here in a place of guiding. He's seen here in a place of controlling. He's seen here in a place of ruling over everything. And the text tells us that, that he holds the seven stars in his right hand. And how many understands this morning that, that he, he can hold the seven stars in his right hand? He's got you in the palm of his hand as well and he understands everything that you and I are going through this morning you may think that you're in good hands with all state but I cannot tell you you're in good hands with the Lord Jesus Christ today don't ever let go of his hands today hold on to him for dear life the more and more you see the time approaching that we're that we're looking at today the more you need to get a grip on what you've got a hold of and that's Jesus this morning amen hallelujah the Ephesian church of Revelation chapter 2 is in a state that many of our churches are in today. The, the Ephesian church is in a state of that if not looked at and if not seriously critiqued, if we don't talk about it, and that's why I'm telling you this, this is a hard message to preach because, you see, many times we like to think everything is going okay. We like to think everything is fine. We've got our good clothes on this morning. We've come into a clean church this morning. We've come in and everything seems to be just right this morning. But if we don't look at what the Lord is telling us in Revelations, if we don't seriously critique uh, concerning the many churches, we, I'm afraid that many of us is going to be in, in real trouble real soon. And so, Pastor, why are you saying this? So what is the problem? What is the situation? The situation is John explained it. He said today, we, 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 so many times we, we, we make the phrase, make it plain. Talk to me plain. Well, John made it plain to us so you and I can understand. And he said, these are the things said by Christ. In other words, I've got some good news for you and I've got some bad news for you today. Let me tell you the good news first. You've been real good, John said. The Bible talked about Jesus said, you've been real good. I know what you've done. I I know the labors that you have done in my name. I know that you've had a lot of patience. I know that you've contended for the faith. And for that reason, I'm proud of you. Can I tell you, Pathway, we've done some good things. We've done some good stuff. Matter of fact, we've just raised $11,000 to go into Honduras missions. That's some good stuff. It come out of your labor. It come out of your, out of your work. It come out of your toil. There's some other good things that we were able to do. This past Easter, we was able to minister to close to 700 people that come through on the Easter egg hunt and, 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 and tell them the message of Jesus Christ right back here in the gymnasium. There's a lot of good stuff that we have done. There's a lot of good toil that we have done. We've done a lot of good things. I know that you've done your work for the community. You've provided clothes for the community. You've provided help for the community. You've provided money for the community. You've provided funds for those that are, that are, that are, that are hurting today. You, you, you've provided stuff at the hands of those that suffered natural disasters like fire and flood and earthquake. And I said, oh, yes, Lord, our church, we've done that.
that too. We've blessed people. We've given them food. We've given them clothes. We've put shoes on their feet. We've paid their gas bill. We've paid their electric bill. We've put, we've get, put gas in their car so they can make it, make it home when they was broke down. We've done a lot of good stuff, Lord, and I thank you for that. We've had our weekly Bible studies. We've had our weekly choir rehearsals. We've had our weekly church, our monthly church meetings, and we've had communion every now and then. And I'm glad of that, Lord. I thank you for that. And you've worked a little at the church, and you've greeted some, and, and you may even ushered some, and you may even served on the council some. You've shook a few hands at the beginning of the, of the service, and, and, you've, and you've stayed around for fellowship maybe at the, at the end of the service. You've contested for the faith against false apostles, and you know that they're liars. When you see it on the television, you change the channel because that's not what the truth is. If you hear it outside somewhere, you'll stand up ready to proclaim faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And God said for those things, you are doing a wonderful, wonderful job. You've contested for the faith. You've taught the students to know the truth and the power of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Word of God. You've taught the truth of the Word. You've told your children that there's something not right about cults that's out there that's not teaching the truth of the living God. That's not teaching the deity of Jesus Christ. That's not saying that he is the Son of God, that he was just a good man that come from history, going around good things, and you stand up and you proclaim, hey, he is my God. I believe that he is my Savior. And you stand up firm on that. You talk about your students for that. And you've told the truth that God is not the same God of the Buddhas. He's not the same God of the Hindus. He's not the same God of the Unitarians. But that's what you did, the Lord said. I'm proud of you. You've done that. But that's what you did. God said, there's no doubt that you serve me. But I got one thing against you. Now, I pray to God what I'm about to say will go and pierce your soul today. Pierce your heart today. I didn't feel like I was going to get a lot of shouting today. But that's not my intent. But what I do want this morning for us to wake up. And I can't talk to the church out there and the church out there somewhere. I got to talk to who we are. I got to talk to Pathway this morning. I don't know where you are this morning in your relationship with God, but hear me. The Lord says, this one thing I've got against you. Somewhere along the road, somewhere along with serving, somewhere along with giving, somewhere along with putting shoes on a feet, somewhere along putting clothes on a back, Somewhere along by giving food to somebody when they've come by. Somewhere along the road of putting gas in somebody's car, you veered off course and now you've left your first love. You know what I, what I looked at at this church, this church of Ephesus. Can, can I be real about it to you this morning? It reminds me of people in the church right now. You know how it is, people. They first joined the church. We were on fire for Almighty God on Sunday morning, even before the pastor got there. We were sitting in the parking lot waiting for the church doors to open. Now you're the last person to get here and the first person to leave. And many times you won't even sit in there and listen to the man of God deliver the word of God. Hmm. Now you only come on Sunday. You've become one of those Sunday morning Christians. One of those Sunday morning saints. You say, Pastor, can I not go to heaven just by just coming to church? I didn't say that. I'm talking about where's your first love? Is your first love where it used to be? Is our first love, is my first love where it used to be? 
when it burned within me, when I wept hot tears in the middle of the night, when I would wake up in the middle of the night and God just put something on my heart and I would cry and I would plead with the Lord Jesus Christ, don't let me lose you, Lord. Is it still there? Is my relationship still there with him? Oh, pastor, I can handle this thing. I've been in church long enough. Oh, really, can you? Because in my years of ministry, in my years of being in church, Brother Ralph, I've saw people come and go. I've saw people being on fire, and then all of a sudden they get loosened, and they veer off track a little bit, and after a while you don't see them anymore. After a while it's a hit and miss thing. After a while it's a every Sunday and now and then. And every now, after a while it's every month and then. And every now and then you may get them to show up on Easter and on Christmas plays and all those kind of things. And before long you get news and you get word that their family is fragmented and their family is separated and there's problems in the home and you wonder, Lord, could it have been if they would have just stayed in with you? Just makes you wonder, doesn't it? Somewhere along the line, somewhere along the road, you've left your first love. It's evident you've left your first love because now God only gets part of your service. Where one time God says to you, you used to be here for everything. Now you only show up when it's convenient for you. You'd rather be on the golf course. You'd rather be at home watching the NBA, the NFL, the voice or the walking dead or whatever else you do on Sundays. Pastor, you're hitting me where it is. That's all right. Just hold on. It'll be all right. But God says, it's evident that I'm not first in your life anymore because you treat me like you do other folk. You just drop in when it's convenient for you. Can you not give me just one day of worship? Hmm. Listen to me, church. God is saying, not that you hadn't had at one point in time, did what you were supposed to do, but somewhere along the line, prayer has become insignificant to you. Somewhere along the road, being here on time has lost its zeal. Somewhere along the line, singing in the choir has taken a back seat. Oh, come on, somebody. Somewhere along the road, giving what I, what I have blessed you with has taken a back seat to, to your bill and other things. Somewhere along the road, you've left your first love somewhere along the road it's not as important to me to come down to the altar anymore I can pray laying in the bed pastor I can pray driving in my car I can pray at the job yes you can yes you can and yes you can but can I remind you it was at an old fashioned altar that Jesus Christ came and found you where you was when you were sick when you was dying when you didn't have nothing it was at an old fashioned altar that the blood washed over you and you got up saying I've been clean I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Is it not the same anymore? Is it not the same anymore? Is His love not the same anymore to you and I? You have to answer that yourself. Hmm. So the question is asked, Pastor, that's the case, then what's love got to do with it? I'm going to tell you, love's got everything to do with it. You've got to understand that love has got everything to do with it. God says, look, if you love me, you ought, to, you ought to not have a problem obeying everything that I tell you to do. Can I tell you that we've got in the church world today, we've got a love issue. Because many of us are not doing what God has called us to do. We've got to understand that God is calling us on the carpet this morning. He's convened a hearing. He's put us on trial today. God has called the church to be a witness stand and he's asking a question. 
God is saying, you claim that you represent me, but everything about you telling, is telling me that, that you're not practicing what you believe. That's what he was telling the church of Ephesus. I know you're doing some good stuff. And Pathway, I'm gonna, I commend you. You're a good church. I don't want you to think that I'm, I'm harping on you this morning for not being a good church. You are. You're a wonderful church. In my opinion, you're the best church in the state of Arkansas. I really believe that. I, I, everybody talks to me. I'll tell them that. You're a wonderful church. You give, you're a giving church. But I'd be remiss not to share with you, even though we're a giving church and even though we do this, have we lost our first love? Have, have we somehow or another veered off course and even though we do those things, Sister Mary, that we know to do and it's good, and I believe God blesses us for that. Have we veered off course that we've lost our first love? I'm not doing what you've, I've called you to do. Can I, just, can I just clue you in on a little something? There's more to serving God than just giving. There's more to serving God than just showing up to church. There's more to serving God than just pulling out of your resources every week and putting it in the offering plate. There's more to it than that. A lot more to it than that. See, we've got to understand God's calling us here. He's, he, he's convened a hearing for us today. And God is saying, you claim that you represent me, but everything that you do is not about me. You're not practicing what you believe in. You're guilty of misleading other folk into thinking that God is not as powerful as we claim that he is. This ain't in my notes, but the Lord just put it in my spirit. I want to tell you something. Whether you believe it or not, your testimony is important. Say, Pastor, where are you going with this? Oh, I'll just, I'll just, let me just get on a rabbit trail just a little bit. I act a certain way when I come to church on Sunday morning, but throughout the week I may act a different way. Hello. But my testimony should be the same wherever I am. We're getting off in some stuff to where we think that just because it may not be written in the Word of God, just plain like that, that we think what's okay. Better be careful. Better be careful because the world is looking at you. Oh, yes, he is. They're looking at you. Are you the Christian that you claim to be? Are you that, that holy roller that you claim? Are, you know what I'm talking about. Are, are, are you that person that is, that is called out that you claim to be? Are you that individual that's serving an almighty God that can do all things and can heal take care of all my issues and take care of all my problems? Am I still that person in the tough times? In the hard times? Or when people look at us in those moments, do they see themselves and say, well, you don't have nothing different than I've got. You're, you're no different. Your voice is no different than mine. Your language is no different than mine. And so God has convened a hearing today, and can't nobody represent you this morning but you. Johnny Cochran can't do it. I don't care who your favorite lawyer is, they can't do it. The Republicans can't do it. Democrats can't do it. Obama can't do it. None of the leaders in the, in, the, in the Republican Party can do it or whoever you, you withhold esteem and all of those kind of things. God says they are guilty just as well. Every one of us. We've got to ask ourselves, 
where are we then? Where, what has love got to do with it? And so, we'll, and so God is saying love's got everything to do with it. Hear me today. The Bible says if you love me, you'll obey me. If you love me, you will obey me. You'll obey all my commands. Now listen to me. My wife and I, we love one another. And we tell one another that we love each other. But after a period of time, you guys know what I'm talking about. And, and, I, and I'm not trying to say this because of hurting Karen's feelings or anything. But the older we get, sometimes we tend to slip into a zone where we just begin to use those words as sort of a traditional thing. Something that we, that we just are supposed to say. You know what I'm talking about? Because early in our relationship, when I would say, I love you, boy, I'm in it. Now, let me back up right quick. Real quick. I, I still mean it. <laughs> Y'all don't make me get off track. But the feeling, the feeling that I had early on maybe not be as quiet as where it needs to be right now because this first June will be married 30 years. And I honestly, I do love her. And it gets better and better as the day go by, goes by. But what I'm saying is, you, you understand what I'm talking about? You, you, you couples been married a while. You know what I'm talking about. You know exactly where I am because you're there too. And so if that's the case, then, Pastor, what's, what's am I supposed to do? Well, I need to rekindle then that relationship any way that I need to. I need to tell her more that I, and mean it, mean it. And in our walk with God, sometimes if we're not careful, we started out on a path, and boy, he forgive us of a lot of stuff. He lifted our burden, and then, boy, we, we feel so light, and we feel so much better because he's blessed us, and he's kept us all these years, and he's, he's given us things, and he's blessed us from where I was. If you if you'd have seen me back then, and every one of you have got the same testimony, if you're going to saw the state that I was in way back then, you would understand how good God has been to me. But if we're not careful, we get in this state of, complex, uh, of complacency, and we, and we think God is always going to be there, and God's love is always going to be there, and he is but let us not take God for granted. And just because we think we can do this, and just because we think we've arrived and we can do that, may not necessarily be so. What's love got to do with it? I can tell you there's a love issue today in our churches. The Bible says that the day will come when the, when the love of men will wax cold. In other words, what God is saying in these last days, I, I'm going to be able to, 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 to tell beyond a shadow of a doubt if it's love or if it's Memorex. I'm going to be able to tell if what you've got for me is real or if you're just putting on. I'm going to be able to tell if you really mean what you say or if you're just saying it so you'll look better and you'll look good around people. Help us, Lord. There are people who are talking the talk, but they're not walking the walk. And the day God is coming by to remind us, come back. Come back to your first love. Rekindle the flame yet one more time. Come back to your first love. We've watched so much trash on TV till it's desensitized who we are anymore. We've listened to enough garbage in our ears till it's desensitized. We don't even think nothing about it anymore. I'm sorry, you can turn it back on if you already have the tape. 
It doesn't bother us anymore. It doesn't affect us anymore. We've, we've heard it. We've seen it. We have went to enough rated R movies. Uh-oh. It doesn't bother us anymore. You need to stay away from them. I can tell you that right now. In the theater and at your house. We're living in an age where the church appears to have lost its power because those in the church are not connected to the power source. We're living in an age when people are claiming that they're born again and they're washed in the blood, but yet church is not a priority. We're living in a day and age where secularism has come into the church and so now you can't tell if it's entertainment or if it's real. God asked the question, in the scripture, and God asked the question to you and I this morning. He says, What has love got to do with it? Love has got everything to do with it. As musicians come, how well do you know that, preacher? Because the Bible tells me in John 3 16, he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave. He so loved the world that he gave. What has love got to do with it? It's got everything to do with it. Love made Jesus come down from heaven and leave his throne for you and I. Love made Jesus get stripes upon his back that he could heal the sick and raise the dead. Love allowed Jesus to give his back to the whipping post. Love made Jesus get up on, a, on an old rugged cross on Golgotha's hill so that he could die so that you and I could have salvation this morning as we see in the house of God. Love made Jesus go and hang himself on the cross. Love made Jesus look down and say Father forgive them for they know not what they do. Love made Jesus take the nails in his hands and his feet and a sword in his side. Love allowed the Lord to die for your sins and my sins. It made Jesus lay in the grave for three days. Love made Jesus early on that Sunday morning get up out of that grave. Get up out of that grave. He no longer is dead this morning, church. He's alive. He's alive with blood, with flowing blood today. And His love for you never has ceased and never has failed today. Hallelujah. Never has failed. That's what love's got to do with it. It was love that even though I was born in a preacher's home, Sister Ruth, it was love that come down one day and found me and saved me. It was love that took away all the sin. It was love, Brother Michael, that come and took away all the guilt. It was love, Chad, kept calling you over and over. Love. It was love for some of you. You went down a trail so far that you didn't think you could ever come back, but love came and drew you back in. It's love. It was love when you felt like nobody else cared. It was love that came down and wrapped his arms around you. It was love. And yet we have the audacity at times to come and go as we please.
and do whatever. I'm not saying that whatever stuff we do is wrong. I don't, don't, don't go out of here saying I said that. I didn't say that. I'm just saying, you, y'all know what I'm saying. It was love. It was love. It was love that woke me up this morning, put breath in my body. It was love, Sister Lawson, that caused my heart to yearn within me for the love of Jesus Christ. As old Job said in his text, Job made a statement. He said, I know that my Redeemer lives. This is when he had lost everything. A lot of times we we say, Lord, why? Why did you allow all this calamity? Why did you allow all this stuff to befall me? Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives. He goes on to say, when the skin worms on my body are gone, in my flesh, (laughs) I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him. And not me only, but all those. And he finished that little scripture up, Brother Reigns, and he said, said, how my heart yearns within me. In other words, I can't wait. I'm so excited for the day that Jesus is coming back after his church. How excited are we today for the second return of Christ? Does it motivate us every day to be in love with him over and over again? How excited are we to know that there's coming a day that Jesus is coming back after his church? Are we excited enough to be ready? Or do we think that in just a nick of time, he's going to give us an idea and a clue and we'll be all right? Can I tell you that nick of the time and idea of the clue is right now? Right now. This is, this is, this is your clue. He's coming. He's coming. love. That's why I believe so much the songwriter understood. He understood that love's got everything to do with it. When he said, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. I've lost it all, but love has lifted me. I don't have nothing to show, but love has lifted me. A family is no longer with me. Love can lift you though. My kids won't have anything to do with me anymore. But love can lift us up out of the pit that we're in. I I was sinking deep in sin. The songwriter said, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. but, But the master of the sea, he heard my despairing cry. And from the waters, he lifted me. Now safe am I. Love has everything to do with it. Church, yes, I believe with all my heart the church is on trial today. I believe with all of my heart that you and I are on trial today. They're on trial. The question is, how then will we measure up when we sit in that chair. Now church, I knew 
that this message was not going to be easy. I knew it. My intent today was not to offend any, any one of you. I love every one of you. I honestly do love every one of you. I hope you love me. You better love me because you ain't going to make it to heaven if you don't. <laughs> I love you. And my intent today is while so many others are living lives of deception within the church that we don't. I don't know your innermost thoughts this morning. I don't know what's on your heart this morning. I don't know the secret corners. I've not been there in the privacy of your homes to see what you've seen and talked about what you've talked about. And I don't care to. But the Lord is. And the Lord has. And he's listened. And he says, you're doing a lot of good stuff. And he starts naming them off. You're doing this and you're doing that and you're doing this. And boy, I'm proud of you. I know you work hard. Matter of fact, you even, you even hate the Nicolaitans. And boy, I hate them too. In other words, you, you hate the things that I hate. But isn't it ironic that the Lord said, but I have this one thing against you. You've left your first love. It's not there. And my prayer is today is that you and I, I'll be the first one down at this altar, is that we rekindle our walk, our relationship. And I'm just going to put it real blunt to you this morning. I know I'm probably not biblically right, but I'll just tell you how I feel. No, you don't have to come down front. You can sit in the pew and pray. But it's going to do you better if you get up and get down here to an altar. It's going to do you better. You're going to be making a statement. You're going to be saying, Lord... I recognize my error. I recognize my my walk is not where it needs to be. And I want to rekindle that first love. Sister Michelle and them gets ready to sing. I'm not going to make a big push. You're not going to upset me whether you come or whether you don't. I've delivered what I felt like God has delivered or put on my heart to deliver to you. You have to be the ones now. I can tell you this. I'm going to be the first one down. Because, Brother Rains, when I was studying this, it got a hold of me as well. And I said, Lord, I do a lot of good stuff. And he said, oh, yeah, you do. But do you love me like you used to? Do you love me like you used to love me? And I submit to you, I want to, Sister Lawson, I want to, I want to rekindle that, that fire of how I felt when I first gave my heart to the Lord. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, woo, we was we was excited. I want to rekindle that. I believe that we can do that, don't you? And I want to ask you, without any without any pressure whatsoever, I want to ask you to come. And I want to ask you to bow before him this morning as your king. Fall in love with him all over again. Would you come today in Jesus' name?